Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Every Other Thursday, a social podcast. Today, I got the chance to sit down with a good friend of mine, James Hunter, who is a freelance videographer, video editor, self-proclaimed director, screenwriter, man of many talents. We got the chance to talk about TikTok, video, the use of video on these new social platforms, and why we think that video is the new photo. So I urge you to sit back, relax, grab a coffee, grab a tea, go for a walk, go for a run, whatever it is that you like to do with your podcast. Just enjoy this episode of Every Other Thursday. Well, hello, and thank you for coming on the Every Other Thursday podcast, James. It's a pleasure to have you here on the second episode. Hello, it's a pleasure to be here. So why don't we just start kind of like from the beginning, just kind of explain what you do and who you are kind of thing, just so we can get a little vision of who you are. For sure. Um, So I'm a videographer and a video editor. Um, Right now I work for a YouTuber in Toronto, um, but I still try to freelance as much as I can. And yeah, I'm a lot of um, the videography and video editing stuff I do right now involves kind of directing as well. I'm often a one one man uh, crew. So a lot of the time directing is also part of the job. And then that's the direction I'm trying to take things in eventually overall. Very cool. Um, when... it is. It's very, very cool, actually. I'm so happy that you that you're able to realize that. I feel like it's one of those jobs that's kind of like you just make it up yourself, but it's just like very rewarding to be able to do all different aspects of it. Exactly. And it's also rewarding that I get to make up my own job title on LinkedIn, because to your point, um, it is all about just kind of branding yourself. But that can often change. Like it's obviously I'm a videographer, video editor, but it's also tempting to want to introduce myself as a director or a creative director, partially because of the things I like to do. Um, but also because those are things that I want to do more of. So it's all in the creative industries. I think people are always just kind of making up titles for themselves. And that's cool, you know? Yeah, I think it's very free flowing. When did you start videography? Did you go to school for it? What kind of backstory did you have coming from it? Like, how did it all get started? Um, I started doing videography about four or five years ago, 2015. Five years ago. So the first project I ever did was, well, actually, I used to work in recruitment for my university. And and then part of my job was I had to do on camera iPhone interviews with with like staff professors and stuff like that. So I learned how to shoot and edit videos for those. And then at the time, I was also writing a web series. So um, I ended up shooting and editing that. And then those two projects were how I learned how to do it. Those are my first projects. And then I taught myself all the skills. I taught myself editing and I taught myself videography skills. Um, At the time I was in university for English and so didn't study videography and, but have just been picking up skills along the way. So yeah, ever since then I've just been shooting and editing and teaching myself. Um, I've done video content management, which was a little bit different. So I was in charge of the shooting and the editing, but also formulating video concepts so kind of producing videos working with hosts and uh different kind of actors so i've done a lot of different stuff in the universe of video how did you go from an english program into video was it just because you had to do the stuff on the side or whatever and then you just found that love no that's a good question and i don't really know the answer um i'm still trying to figure it out i always wanted to write scripts so that was mm-hmm. like a passion for me from from the beginning like in high school even and that's what I always like to read and write so that's what 
when it came time to go to university, I was kind of just figured I'd do something I liked and then continued to write scripts and want to write scripts, but found that the script writing process, like it's just one part of a really big process in order to make a project happen. And I couldn't, I could write as many scripts as I wanted, but none of them would ever really come to life unless I was able to create them. So instead of trying to go around and find directors and videographers willing to kind of put up my insane amateur projects for free, I figured I would just teach myself those skills and kind of try and do it all myself. Have you done any projects yet? Like, have you turned any scripts into a full video? Yes. In February, my first short film uh, debuted at Trinity Square Video. Um, So that's a video art gallery in Toronto at 401 Richmond. Um, and so that's a, I, mm-hmm. I wrote that script and directed that, shot that, edited it, edited, edited it. I had a web series that I worked on in university and a web series after university. Um, They're both about four episodes and I wrote the scripts for both of those. Saying that I wrote all these scripts is a little bit misleading. I should disclose that uh, both the web series were like reality based web series. So it was a lot about interviewing and, and it wasn't narrative driven. And then mm. um, the short film was silent. So it still requires a script, but there was no dialogue. So I've been writing scripts, um, but have yet to do like a traditional narrative driven like series or film, I have a ton on my computer, but not a lot that have seen a lot of day. It sounds like you're very into the visuals and the like storyline of these projects and less so the more like speaking character. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Overall, I'm very into execution. Like I'm, I find with being a creative person myself, I'm always having a million ideas of projects that I want to create. But um, because I have so many ideas, they often just stay ideas, which is fine. But that on a personal level kind of frustrated me. And so I made it a major goal for myself to, if I were to start a project or commit to a project, to see it through to the end. So Mm -hmm. I found that these were projects that were more attainable to finish, start to finish. These are projects where I can depend on myself um, and have a small crew and a small cast. Whereas, you know, if if you were to go towards more uh, traditional media and creating more traditional um, video video content it typically requires um, a lot of help and big crews which is great but um, I'm I'm right now I'm just trying to get things done and churn out content so um, that's always my main kind of like the guiding factor to the creation of most of my work yeah I love that I love the idea of like actually finishing things I feel like you're right so many people have a million different ideas some are really amazing ideas but it takes a stronger person and someone with more discipline to actually see that idea through to the finish, whether it's a small one or a really large scale project. I feel like it's really important for creatives to actually finish things these days because I feel like nobody finishes things. Exactly. And and we're all perfectionists, right? Like with creative concepts and creative ideas, we are so protective over them. And we 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 want them to be great. We want them to be perfect. And we don't want to share them with the world unless they fully reflect how we see ourselves as an artist. And for me, that was a huge inhibitor that was preventing me from putting out work. So I resolved to myself, you know, the important part here is putting it out in the beginning for me, that was really important. Maybe there were like, maybe it wasn't perfect. And may, and and I was definitely able to acknowledge that a lot of the stuff I've put out wasn't perfect. But for me, putting it out, finishing it and moving on to the next project, that's where I was seeing improvement, you know, and I do have projects that I sit on for years 
and they never get done. And I don't really learn that much. And I don't really, my skills don't really improve that much from those projects. Whereas the ones that I finish and I put out, those are the ones that I learn from. And those are the ones that I have lots of takeaways from that I can apply to the next project. So speaking of projects that you finish and actually have like see through to the end. And I know you did some work on a pride series through like a little TV outlet. I'm not sure what it aired on, but could you tell me a bit about that and kind of your role? Yes, for sure. That is a good example of projects that I executed on. So I shot season two of a series called pride, which um, is on out TV and season one has already aired. Um, it's already happened. I think it happened last year in 2019. And then season two is going to come out this June 2020. And so I was lucky enough to shoot three of the episodes that will be in season two of Pride on OutTV. And then we were supposed to start filming season three a couple weeks ago in Turkey. But that obviously didn't happen because of COVID. Um, listener, we are recording this amidst a pandemic, just to give you a little bit of context, uh, if you're listening to this in the year 2030. So yeah, season three is up in the air. We have, uh, some shoots booked for later in 2020, uh, who knows, but season two comes out, uh, in June and I shot three of the episodes, um, with my producer, Mark Kenneth Woods, who also hosts the show. Um, and we worked really closely together. And so, this project definitely, obviously, I feel like I executed on it, but it definitely wouldn't have been possible without him. He was the he was definitely the main push behind this whole thing. So it's definitely Mark's project. But I was very lucky and happy to help out with that. For sure. I feel like that's such a cool project to work on. And you said that it was supposed to be shot in Turkey, this next one. Were other ones in the past shot in different places as well? Yeah, sorry. I should just describe what it's actually about. Each episode takes place in a different city. And so we got to travel the world and go to different pride festivals in each city. So I was a part of the Johannesburg episode, the Manchester episode, and the um, Auckland episode, Auckland, New Zealand. And so for each episode, we would go to these cities. Um, we would explore the history. Of, we would explore the queer history of those cities um, and the history of pride in those cities and how each of these pride um, festivals developed and just the general um, queer culture in each of these cities. And then that would culminate with um, our coverage of the actual Pride event. And we, did, we would do lots of interviews with activists and historians and queer people in each city. Um, and so it was a really good combination of traveling and also working on like a project that's actually good you know and actually like mm -hmm. mean something versus more commercial stuff so that was really refreshing that's so cool i feel like you hit the jackpot being able to travel and film videos like that's everything i wanted to do for years and years i feel like that's the jackpot exactly a hundred percent it is um it's like the perfect gig working with mark it's just me and him and he's a huge like he's so cool to work with he's taught me so much um, he's also being involved with, um, like he's been a video, he's been a video creator for 20 years, you know, he used to teach. So he, he's been, I've learned so much from him, um, both from a production standpoint and also, uh, from a queer history standpoint, you know, I've been exposed and gotten to meet so many really important people in, 
in these communities. And so I've, uh, it's been a jackpot in a lot of different ways. And I hope that we can just keep going, keep doing, uh, keep doing these episodes and there's going to be a lot, lots more seasons to come. Yeah. Assuming the world kind of goes back to normal, that would be very cool. <laughs> you know, eventually. Um, all right. I wanted to talk a little bit about photo and video and the difference and the similarities and stuff through social media. Um, I know it's no secret that everyone's attention span these days is a much smaller, much shorter. No one really stays on a page very long before clicking onto something else just because we all have a million things going on and no one really has the attention. But um, the engagement on a photo on something like Instagram when you're scrolling, like I, at least for myself, I know I spend one or two seconds on a photo before I'll scroll on to the next one. And I feel like that's just not really the same with video just because it's probably more captivating or whatever. Just wanted to get your opinion as someone that makes videos for social media primarily. What, like, what differences do videos have that photos just aren't able to have in order to really capture people's attention on social media? I guess, I mean, it, a video is just like a lot of different pictures. So it's like a picture, but like on crack. So you're like, That's... if a picture is going to hold my attention, thousands of pictures are definitely in a row. Are you kidding? I'm, that's true I'm sold do you I, don't think know, that... I don't know why it holds people's attention because like I think you can still create the same narrative arcs with one photograph as you can with a one minute video I honestly have always wondered this platforms place so much priority on videos and platforms reward people for posting videos I think it's probably because videos keep people on the platform longer than a photo and mm -hmm. so from a back end like data perspective um, a company's going to want people to be on their platform more, so they're going to want whatever medium does that, um, which in this case happens to be video. So I think that's probably the the motivator. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I feel like it's more, it, there's just so much you can put into one video, especially through apps like Instagram and stuff where they're one minute long. Like It really just shows what a creator can do by getting as much in there in one minute as humanly possible to hold people's attention. But saying that, I feel like also video has really changed in the way people make them because of social media. Like for example, movies and stuff was really the only way to see video like in your normal life. And now it's so accessible through YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, like every social media platform is able to upload videos, all creator made or brand made or whatever. But I feel like video has almost changed because of social media. I don't know if it's for the better or for the worse, but it's definitely changed in what we make, how we make it, and how we distribute it. Just because it's a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there I think you're right. I think and and I think for that reason, I think there's a lot more video. Like I started uh when I came into video in 2015, 2014, 2015, like I started shooting everything I was doing on an iPhone. And at the time um, I felt very much like I wasn't able to brand myself as a videographer because of that. I felt very much like an outcast because I wasn't part of this, um, you know, high production world. I wasn't part of this world where people did go to film school and they did know everything about the fanciest cameras. And they like I didn't know anything about that. All I had were storytelling abilities and like and creativity. And I had like a vision in my mind of of scenes and things that I wanted to create, but I didn't have any of the technical ability. So, you know, had that been 10 years earlier, I might have had a really difficult time getting into video. But because mm -hmm. we have our iPhones that shoot such great content, because there's YouTube videos that can teach you everything you need to know, 
um, because I could teach myself. I think that that is, was really like a huge push factor. And I think that there's a lot of people that probably are encouraged, more so encouraged to get into video. It's not as intimidating as it used to be. And for that reason, there's more of it. And, and I, the thing I love watching, I'm always watching other people's videos and just like pausing them and like seeing like, oh, I love the way that this person did that. I love the way that this person did that. So, so that's, I think that we're all watching each other's videos and kind of being like, kind of finding those little takeaways. Mm-hmm. I totally get what you mean about like having an iPhone and that being good enough to start making videos because you're right. Like 10, 15 years ago, no one really made their own videos. If you wanted a video done, you'd hire a production company or something really high end, high budget that most people would not be able to do. But now with platforms like YouTube and stuff, like people could put out videos edited on their janky old computer, upload it to YouTube and get millions of views compared to what TV shows nowadays can barely get. Like the amount of eyes on like creator driven platforms is just so much more than your traditional media that it's just like the most accessible thing now. And that's why everyone wants to grow up and be a YouTuber. Yeah, exactly. No, it is super accessible. Um, and even like, you know, we see it at the highest levels. Companies are now going to influencer marketing versus paying to have a 30 second commercial air on a cable network. Um, and people are acknowledging, you know, I think people's interests are straying away from traditional forms of advertising and moving more towards individual creators that are able to create content at the same caliber, if not better, with much, much lower costs, exponentially lower costs. Um, mm -hmm. And that's, I think that the technology that we've been armed with and that we're able to access at um, a much more affordable price point, it's not quite there yet. But, you know, my iPhone 7 was zero dollars. I pay for it every month, but um, I can shoot 4K on it. So that's something you could never shoot 4K on something that was, you know, as affordable as an iPhone before this. So, so mm -hmm. that's been like, that's really opened the doors to, to what's out there. For sure. The just like the accessibility of gear and technology these days just makes it so much easier for literally anyone to get into it. And I love that. Yeah, we, we're now seeing like a huge we're now hearing from so many voices that we would have never heard from because of because people were intimidated by gear. They were intimidated by the technology. I was I was hugely I'm still intimidated when I walk into a Henry's and I go up to the counter, you know, and I'm trying to like have these conversations with these extreme experts but i'm like really very much involved with the community i'm a like videographer by trade it's literally my job um and so it's super i feel super lucky that i'm like working in this time and it's always been so important to me to emphasize to people like you can do it too you know like i'm not trying to be mm -hmm. one of those videographers who's like a lot of people clients will come to me with projects and sometimes I'll say, well, I can talk to you over the phone and coach you on how to do this on your own with your own iPhone. To your point, everyone wants to start a YouTube channel nowadays. And people will come to me and say, can you help me start my YouTube channel? And I'll say, like, do you have a smartphone? Do you have a window with natural light? Like, you can do it all yourself. Um, and that's so empowering uh, at a lot of different levels. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to in today's society that, like, everyone can do their own thing and like have their own creative outlet and just have it be so much more accessible. I feel like also the same thing goes on TikTok. Like now that TikTok's such a popular and like forefront app, 
it's just like video content. Now it's not like high end video or anything crazy, but it's video content that people can be creative on and reach millions of people and just like have another outlet that is just like unconventional almost because 10 years ago, you never would have thought of a app that was on your phone that everyone around the world would make 15 second videos and then post it. And then millions of people would watch it. Like that just like was not a concept that anyone ever had. So it was, it was a concept and it was called vine and you're showing your age here, Ethan. (laughs) I mean, before (laughs) vine, (laughs) I mean how the, the, the physical thing of like having a 15 second video that some, 12-year-old in Nebraska made reaching millions of people as the show that airs at 7 p.m. on CBC. Like, it's it's right, just crazy how right. far things can travel from such a small stage. No, totally, 100%. And I think it's interesting, too, like earlier we were talking about people's attention spans and why do we gravitate towards video versus photo. And I think that in that case study, it's really interesting to analyze these hyper short Vine TikTok videos because we're seeing, you know, it takes you like five or six seconds to watch and internalize a a photo. And it takes Mm -hmm. that same amount of time to watch a TikTok. So what really is the difference? I guess you can go through more of a narrative arc with a TikTok, but uh, people really are attracted to like this extremely short form content and everyone can do it. In fact, it's kind of like, better when you see someone who just has a funny idea and isn't trying to like create a cinematography masterpiece on tiktok i definitely prefer those mm-hmm. so yeah every, everyone's everyone's out there tiktoking it's awesome i feel like it's a very interesting app just because it's like instagram is one thing that everyone is able to just post whatever they want like take your own photo nothing there's no like pressure on like how amazing your photography is most people that are really successful don't even use a real camera like they just use their phone. I feel like TikTok is just on this rise that since everyone can do it and everyone's enjoying it and there's so much like fun to be had on the platform, it's just like I feel like it's going to almost surpass Instagram in a way that all these video platforms like TikTok, YouTube, they just has there's more to it. People are more glued to the content on these video apps than they are Instagram. Yeah, no, it's it's um it's always really difficult to predict for me. Like, I don't understand how some apps are more successful than others. I really don't. Like, why is it TikTok is doing so well when we literally did have Vine? Like, but I think you're right. I think it, I think it will only, I think it will only continue to grow in popularity. Um, I don't know if it will surpass Instagram. Who knows? Like, all these different companies are just owned by Facebook. So I guess it kind of depends on them. But, um, you know, and Snapchat. Snapchat's, like, totally... I think on the decline, like I'm a little bit disconnected from the generation that uses Snapchat, but amongst my friends, no one uses Snapchat um, and no Mm -hmm. one older than me uses Snapchat. Yeah, it's really interesting seeing these like applications just come up and completely overtake the market. Like Vine was huge and just completely blew everything out of the water. And then someone made up Snapchat and then that was all the rage. And then Instagram came up with stories and then everyone left Snapchat. Like, I feel like there's always something new that's coming up that is just going to be more exciting and more interesting than the last. Yes. So, okay. Do you see people leaving this photography model for good? And just do you, do you think that there's a future where people will be putting out more video content than photo content? I do um i'm just not sure how that will look because i know instagram like you can post videos and stuff and they have igtv i just don't think it's the best 
way to do it because most people on Instagram post videos, like it just doesn't get the same engagement. Whereas applications that are like only video, like TikTok and YouTube, there's just so much engagement and so many eyes on it that like you're more inclined to make things on those apps because you're going to get views. Whereas if you post a video on Instagram versus posting a photo on Instagram, majority of the time your photo will do better just for the sake of how the platform's like based and how it's created. Like it's just a photo platform. I feel like it'd be really interesting to see. I think what's interesting about this conversation is we're debating you know, photo, video, what's getting more engagement, what's more attractive to a view, or what do people gravitate towards, not only viewing, but also creating. But I think what we're discovering, which is interesting, is that it's actually not really our decision. It kind of depends on what these platforms, like, prioritize for our news feeds. And, but I do think you're right also that there's an element of people being rewarded. Like, I think TikTok's huge... I think the reason TikTok's doing so well is because they're really rewarding your video use. Like mm-hmm. if Instagram were to switch its model and were to reward your video use more so than it rewards your fo- that your you posting photos, mm-hmm. then maybe that would you know change the game and maybe people would start gravitating towards videos more than photos. But I think at the end of the day, it all depends on what these platforms want you to engage with. Yeah, I also feel like Instagram's almost getting left in the dust as Facebook did when Instagram first started getting popular. Like, because there's like the new kid on the block that's TikTok or also YouTube, which has been around for a long time, but is just slowly gaining popularity. I feel like almost people are just upset with how Instagram runs and how it's operated in their algorithm. Like, it's no secret everyone, like, is has an issue with Instagram to some degree. And I feel like these new apps that or happen to be video-based apps are just going to continue to do so well because it's just like the new cool thing to do. Totally. And I think, you know, that was Instagram in the beginning. And so it'll be interesting to see with TikTok, like as they grow, as people start to monetize, as ads start getting run, it doesn't become less creative centric, which is Mm -hmm. what we saw with Instagram. Instagram went from being like all about the creator to them becoming a lot more corporate and that's possibly you know it's very competitive and that's possibly why a lot of creators do get frustrated when the algorithm doesn't share their work partially because it's their livelihood partially because they've spent a lot of creative energy you know on that content um and i think that people are rightfully frustrated with instagram i think igtv is kind of out of touch with its target audience like i think that they're i think that the creator needs to be prioritized and i think that um tiktok so far has done a good job of it I think we're talking Mm -hmm. um, positively a lot about TikTok. And it's definitely worth noting that there are some very sketchy privacy issues with TikTok. There's sketchy ownership issues with TikTok and and music ownership. Artists not getting paid or credited appropriately for the music they post on the platform. And TikTok actually has been widely known to discriminate against content created by queer people and by people of color. Um, The privacy laws on TikTok are really um, vague and TikTok... Uh, takes down content, especially queer content um, and content created by people of color with little to no explanation. Um, And so that is also something moving forward that the platform will have to iron out in order to become more mainstream because um, people are onto them and artists are onto them. And I think, you know, we're talking about artists wanting to feel appreciated on a platform and that definitely doesn't help. Yeah, that's an interesting point. I feel like it's a, it's the things you don't really think about when you just log on to TikTok and just 
endlessly scroll for 20 minutes. Like there probably is a lot more to it because it's so new still that they just have not figured out and like have not found a way to successfully do it to make all parties happy and feel like accommodated on the app. Exactly. Exactly. It's still super new. And yeah, these things grow at light speed. So um, it's difficult to say what will happen. But um, I had a question for you. It's a chicken and an egg situation. Do you think platforms are rewarding engagement on content that creators do more of? So let's say Instagram sees an influx in video creation. Do you think they start rewarding those creators and pushing out the videos more on people's feeds? Or do you think that platforms decide, okay, this is what we're going to push out to people. This is what we think will get more engagement. And then subsequently, uh, they do put that on people's feeds more. So do you think that engagement is driving what people see? Or do you think that the platform and the algorithm is driving what people see? I feel like on Instagram specifically, I think it used to be engagement and what people are making and how people are reacting to it and how people are engaging with that content. But I feel like there was definitely a switch, at least on Instagram, with like what gets pushed out and how. And I think a couple years ago, that's when it started. And that's when everyone started to really get frustrated with Instagram. And now it's more no one really knows no one really knows what their algorithm is based on now it's like you're just a gamble a wild goose chase just trying to throw content out there and hope it sticks somewhere and hopefully someone likes it but like i know many people that have been making things on instagram that it's very amazing work for years and years and have like next to no followers and then someone that does nothing and post a random selfie every once in a while is doing really well. Like it's, it's just a complete gamble at this point. I feel like that's why people like TikTok so much because if you make videos and you put in the work, the TikTok algorithm will reward you with more views. Like at least for myself, I know the more I make, the more views I get. And then that's just really rewarding to see. It makes you want to stay on the apps. It makes you want to make more content. Instagram just kind of lost that a couple years ago. And I feel like it's a hard place to recover from. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. And I think like, I think it's I, th I think it's crazy that these platforms that are so creative driven, you know, they're only creative driven. If there are no creators on Instagram and TikTok, there would be no Instagram or TikTok. And so it's kind of crazy mm -hmm. that they don't disclose how these algorithms work, who they favor. It's kind of all a guessing game. There's sketchy articles online about what works and what doesn't. And it's difficult to even figure out the sources of this information. Um, and I think that that's a fault on, on behalf of the platforms for not being able to disclose that information and make it publicly accessible. Um, but it also, you know, this conversation is so interesting to me because we've naturally gone from talking about content and media to talking about social media. Um, a lot of creators in your position and my position, um, our social media pages are kind of unanimously part of our creative vision. And they act as portfolios, but usually even they act as a much bigger kind of um, self-branding tool for creators mm -hmm. and artists. And personally, that's something that I approach with caution. I think I always create and I always try to create um, and remain motivated to create stuff based on the artistry of it and what I personally as an artist want to see versus what I think will perform on social media. Um, I only really started posting my videos on social media like a year ago. My social media used to be just personal and, and I had a separate website completely for, for my work. So I think when we start to rely on social media and place our expectations on social media, you know, um, 
it things can get a little bit hairy. It can be a little bit unpredictable. Obviously, there's tons of people that do it extremely successfully, and and there is a science behind it. But at the same time, are I think as a creator, the most important thing is to look at your work and say, is this what I set out to do in the first place when I was thinking about being a videographer, a director, a writer, whatever, mm-hmm. was this the stuff that I had imagined creating? Was this the reason that I wanted to get into this? Um, and as I think if you stay true to that, then that will read on your page and whether that translates to followers or engagement or not, it, it at the end of the day, it won't matter because you'll be creating stuff that makes you happy. Yeah, I totally see a like ton of video creators, photographers, directors, whatever. People are using their social media pages as like a floating resume to be able to just share what they're capable of with the world. And I feel like with the rise of like anyone can have a phone and anyone can take great photos or great videos from that, I feel like it almost saturates the industry so much that actual professionals like yourself probably find it harder to get jobs because there's just so many more people that could do it and what stands you apart from the rest. And I feel like that is almost driving people to use social media platforms as a resume because the more eyes you can get, the better and the more potential jobs you can get, the better. If it was from your website being viewed or if it was from someone seeing your Instagram video, like I feel like any way to market yourself is better. Yeah, I I know what you mean. I think... um... I personally think the more the better. Like, I am not bothered by there being like a quote unquote oversaturation of the market. I think the more people doing videos, the better. I don't feel like, definitely, I never feel threatened. I want everyone to be creative. Um, and at the end of the day, the work that I get or the projects that I am able to be a part of uh, will happen more so because of me versus and my skills and, and my connections versus, you know, you know, a fear of other people taking that spot. I don't um, really suffer from that. Luckily, I don't think about that. Um, and again, I, I want to encourage everyone, regardless of skill level or ability to get into creating videos. It's just like fun and silly and everyone can do it. And I think that it's I think that it acts well as a portfolio on a resume. I think I think that it's good that people you know, there's a lot of people that are really, really good at marketing themselves on social media. And I think that's an extremely commendable skill. And I think that they deserve all the opportunities that come their way as a result. Um, Sometimes I'll see Instagram profiles, and everyone's guilty of this, um, that make me feel not good. I'll see content and work that's so amazing that um, it makes, you know, it hurts my self-esteem and that's a very natural reaction to social media. But I think that that's a symptom of the culture as a whole. I think that we have to work on separating our self-worth from what we see online and separating the worth of our artistry from what we see on other people's pages. Everyone can create good art. Everyone's art is innately different because it is you know your own artistic vision um some people do a really really good job of communicating that vision on social media and i applaud them i'm trying to figure out how to do it um slide into my dms if you know how because i need to learn um but also uh i don't think that takes away from someone like me who who relies less on social media um and you know, I'm still I'm still happy with the stuff that I put out. And I still am actively trying to separate my, you know, the things that I think about myself, and the things that I see online, I'm trying to just be happy for everyone, and not be myself up too much. 
Yeah, I think that's totally the right way to look at it. Um, you spoke a couple times about just trying to like introduce everyone to video, be like, do it, it's fun, whatever. And you're very much like, join the club, it's it's the place to be. Um, and you've definitely been doing this for a while now, as you said. Do you have any sort of like tips or tricks or things that you could offer someone that maybe was starting out in video, wanted to get into it, thinks it's fun, thinks it could be good for them? Anything that you could offer some wisdom maybe? Totally. Um, I just got a VHS camera, as you know, um, and a lot of it felt kind of like in a way I was going back to the beginning. It was I was using a technology I'd never used, um, a medium I had never used, a look that I had never used. And so I've been doing it a lot lately. And I found it's just like I'll just go for walks and just film nothing like I'll just film like a tree or like you know, a person, like, I'll just film for the sake of filming. Um, and then at the end of the day, I come home and I have like 20 minutes worth of content to edit. And so that will be my biggest tool or my biggest like tip to anyone who wants to do more video stuff is just go out and shoot. Obviously you hear that a million times, but just literally go shoot stuff. And it doesn't matter what it is. Um, and then, you know, play around with it in editing and teach yourself because you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, oh, my God, this is so underexposed or, oh, my God, this is totally out of focus. And then you'll know for next time. And that's how you will learn. And I still just make mistakes constantly. And that's the only way I figure anything out, really. So just make, learn, repeat, do it over again. Fail somewhere in that order thank you very much for coming on this little podcast this little episode of every other thursday uh why don't you tell people where they can find you on the internet thank you for having me ethan um you can follow me on instagram at jimothy chalamet that's at j-i-m-o-t-h-e-e-c-h-a-l-a-m-e-t it's like the actor timothy chalamet but with a j at the beginning instead of a t Thank you very much for coming on. Thank you. Enjoy your your COVID. Thanks a lot, Ethan. Talk to you soon.